Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hi, everyone. Catherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. And it is a bright, shiny new year when you're listening to this, but is actually not even Christmas yet when we're recording. Uh, That's the world of podcasting. You do record way in advance, but we're super excited because Liz is here and Liz is my sales and business coach. She's a very unusual approach to sales, which is why I like her. And I think you'll love her. I love her too. And here we go. So this is what Liz is about. She's a 20-year, five-time entrepreneur and an advocate for social justice. Liz Detterer empowers women to make money and create change. Who doesn't love that? Her flagship program, the Sales School for Entrepreneurs, provides a proven business-in-a-box framework to create a high-touch, low-tech service business so they can experience their first of forever five-figure months. I would love those five-figure months. You know, I'm all in on that. So mm-hmm. welcome aboard, Liz. I'm so psyched you're here. And Liz and I have 759 things we want to talk about, and we're, we're hoping we get to two or three. <laughs> that's it. But no, no, no pressure. No pressure. Because that's how we roll. Exactly. So why don't you start with how you got to this idea of sales school for entrepreneurs? How did you create it? What rocks your world about? why you made the decision to create Sales School for Entrepreneurs. Yeah, great place to start. So 20-year, you know, uh, five-time entrepreneur. So a lot has happened kind of getting up to this point. And I'll start off at where I really realized that um, in this iteration of my business, when I was in the business coachy, marketing coachy space, I was loving it, being hands-on. I was doing what I now teach everyone how to do, which is having that high touch, uh, very low tech boutique business. I had my first uh, six-figure year and loved it in this business. And I just started to recognize that I want to scale. I really do want to. And I tried to fight it for a long time. And then I just said, no, 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 I I really do want to. It is important to me. There's something bigger here. And then it was the function of, okay, what does that look like? And I, I put together tons of programs over the years and tried different things and nothing was fitting right until one day I had hired a marketing strategist and we sat down to kind of map everything out. And that was great. Really helped to untangle the squirrels, like got them at least a, a, 
box the squirrels over here, box the squirrels over here. Like that was massive. The first layer of untangling. And then I tried to kind of put it together, couldn't do it. And literally one day was just so frustrated. I put a post on Facebook and I said, Hey gang, I'm thinking about doing a six week sales school pilot. Who wants in post closed the computer, went to pick up my kiddo from school. And I was like, I'm ready to throw the whole business out. I don't even care. Like I'm just so done. Came back and 30 people were like, yes, yes, yes. Nice. Okay. And that's it. And what, what's one of the number one things that I say done is better than perfect. And that was it. It was a six week. Cause you have to have a container around it. Pilot program. I don't really know what I'm doing, but we're going to do something together. And this isn't my first you know, time teaching this stuff. It's just the first time I'm going to try to organize it this way. Right. And that was the first iteration of sales school. Ran that a couple of times, kind of, you know, figuring out in real time, getting people results. And then it's been just a very iterative process over time, recognizing, oh, there is value in recording things that people can listen to and then come back to ask me for questions. I don't have to be on all the time. And a lot of personal growth development stuff in that too. So very, very iterative process, always wanting to make sure that I'm not scaling at the expense of my clients. I've been in those programs where someone's like, I want to scale. So then they scale. And then it's like, I signed up. Hi, did you forget? I signed up for your program. I need help now. And they're nowhere to be found. So that's been really important to me. And I know what the vision looks like. And now it's just building there one step at a time. What's the next thing I need to do to make sure that the people in front of me are getting results. And I'm also putting one foot in front of the other on the way towards the vision. It's tricky. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think one of the most interesting things, yes, I think I I came in Thanksgiving of last year. Yep. That would be 2020. Yeah, it was COVID. COVID. So we were already in yep. COVID times and came in around Thanksgiving of 2020. Met you, I'd, I'd met you several times, but mm-hmm. heard you speak at an event run by Dr. Davia. Yep. Davia Shepard. Yep. Shepard. And Davia. And I do that every time. Sorry, Davia. And she had you on Ladies Power Lunch, one of the big conferences. And we could choose who we could go listen to. And I think actually we ended up being able to listen to all three people. I'm kind of, this is a long time ago. And I remember sitting there and you were talking about how you deal with LinkedIn. Mm. pretty much sort of like 15 minutes a day. And I thought, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, this is all about connection. This is all about creating conversations. This Mm -hmm. so resonates with me. I have now a standard thing on LinkedIn. When someone sends me something really icky and salesy, I say something like, you know, I'm on LinkedIn to build relationships. I'm not sure that's what you're looking for here. If it is, here's my calendar. Let's have a conversation. And I'm going to find out really quickly. Because either they're going to run away by, or they're going to actually get on and have a conversation with me. One of them sent something back to me. It was fascinating. This just happened where she wrote three options of things I could do to be in touch with her. And all three of them were things where I had to say yes. And I was at that point, I wrote the thing about the relationships on LinkedIn. And then I followed up with, I said, I have to tell you, really, this might be one of the ickiest sales pitches I've ever gotten. Is this really integrity with how you roll on in your business? I've mm-hmm. heard nothing. <laughs> yes. I was just like, I, I couldn't, I don't know why it really struck a nerve with me. There was no option of, I'm not interested. Right. That wasn't an option. But some people aren't interested. Some people aren't your client. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we could just talk about ideal client for an entire 30 minutes. So we won't go down that rabbit hole, though we yep. could. Talk to conversation creation challenge, because I think that was sort of how I came into the door of sales school, if my memory isn't too foggy. I think so, because it's, you know, if it's on the heels of uh, Davia's conference and then, you know, talking about LinkedIn 15 minutes a day, that's that's conversation creation challenge. So that actually started conversation creation challenge, just real quick, little background on that. That's just been this thing that I do. I've never considered myself a salesperson. I hate salespeople with love, with love, but for the all the reasons that we all hate the salespeople. <clears throat> That's never been my jam. So I've always needed to connect with other people, have conversations because cash comes through connections, period. So I have historically used LinkedIn and I just will message people in a way and it gets them to jump on my calendar link. And then we have a conversation. And one day in one of the sales school pilots, I mentioned to somebody, Oh, I, you know, in my you know networking calls this week and blah, blah, blah. She said, you always have so many networking calls every week. Like, how are you doing that? And I was like, Oh, you know, I sent this message and she was like, put the brakes on. That's genius. I got on a phone call with somebody else networking the next week. She actually taught LinkedIn outreach. And she said to me, the message that you sent was one of the best messages I've ever seen. And I teach this stuff. And I was like, awesome sauce. So it's actually a thing that like I kind of do. She And she said to me, if you put something around that, I will promote it for you. And I was like, girl, say less. And that's how the conversation creation challenge was born, period. Oh, nice. And the premise of it is, as I said, cash comes from conversations, period. Especially when you want to close a comma client. It has to be a conversation. No one's going to your website or my website and they're being like, take my money. Here's $5,000. Like even Tony Robbins, if you want to work with him, there's a conversation process. You're not talking to him directly, but there's a conversation process. So then that becomes a function of, well, I have to do the outreach and who am I targeting, et cetera. So it's 15 minutes a day, as you said, of sending a very simple, easy peasy message to someone giving you the language because what gets scripted gets said, what gets written gets copied and pasted, edit it and send it on its merry way. Include your calendar link because it makes it super simple. And then now you get on the phone with someone and here's where it can go one of two ways traditionally. One way you get on that cold networking call with someone and it turns into a I want to show you my thing, you show me your thing, and then we're both going to sell to each other. Neither one's going to buy. We're not going to like each other, really get to know each other. And this was a complete waste of time. And those are fun. Or it can go the other way where you're like, let's let's get to know each other as humans. And then you hit it off. And then three hours go by and you're like, that was the coolest conversation. You're like the best person ever. And you get off the phone and you're like, no business was done. So conversation creation challenge is a beautiful and of both of those. It's how do you have an intentional business conversation while making sure that the human you're connecting with is someone you want to connect with, period. And the math of it is 15 minutes a day of outreach to get started, right? Like it does, this does not have to be all consuming of your entire life. With the goal being that you're not having conversations for clients, that's sales energy. You're actually having conversations 
to find what I call your 10 power partners. That could look like affiliate partners. That could look like really cool people that you talk to on a daily basis or consistent basis or something like that. That could look like the person that's working with your client right before you or right after you. That's like a great funnel. Like there's a lot of different things that that power partner can look like, but that's actually what you're networking for. And if the person you're on the phone with is like, you know what? I actually could really benefit from what you're talking about. They'll let you know. They'll opt in. You literally never have to be in sales energy at all. And you only have to do the messaging for like 15 minutes a freaking day. I've got a story to illustrate this. And oh, I, I wanted to heard, and you haven't heard this story yet. Oh, so I love very it. excited. It's so recent. That's why we haven't brought it up yet. Somehow someone in my world networking wise said, have you ever heard of Judy Dang? And Judy Dang does what I do. I do the ADHD element. She does productivity and accountability in a more general sense. So we're a little different, but I, we jokingly, I call her my West Coast productivity sister and she calls me her East Coast productivity sister. Nice. So she and I met just to talk. Hey, how are you doing this? What does your business look like? How do you do it? Yeah. Conversation challenge, right? This is exactly yeah. connected through LinkedIn, through someone else who connected us. Terrible that I'm forgetting who that person was originally. Sorry, person. Whoever you are, say yeah. something in the podcast. <laughs> then. I had said to Judy, I'm really looking for more podcast guests. And she said, do you want me to put something out to my list? And I said, sure, that'd be great. Next thing you know, I got four applications. So we talk about systems and setting things up. One of my Mm -hmm. systems is, which Liz even did, was to fill out a form in order to be a guest on my podcast. So I got four people from that outreach, three of whom I thought were fabulous. One of whom just wasn't quite the right fit. It's going to happen. But I really think three out of four is a fabulous number to get, right? Sure. One of them was Cynthia Riggs, who was the last podcast just before the holiday break. Cynthia does the one-page business plan. Oh, that's brilliant. Right? So yes. she works with people on the ma- what we call the macro level or that high-level 30,000-foot plain view looking down at the business. Yep. As we're talking, it's dawning on me, she's probably a power partner because her people can can come to me and talk about those 90-day plans. How do I get these things done? Now I have this big three goals for the year or whatever your number is. How are we going to get those done in 90-day periods? Mm -hmm. And that's where I come in. And the reason this is so fresh in my mind is I literally just listened to her podcast, write the show notes. Remember, I'm recording this way ahead, folks. And we talked about this. We literally said to each other in the podcast, oh, you would be here and I would be here and conceivably could be a funnel. So what's happening as we're talking right now is I'm thinking, ding, ding, ding. I need to go back to her and have another conversation, right? Just a conversation because she was amazing. Great podcast guest. And here's what a lot of people will do is they'll have that idea And then they'll go write an email and they'll send her the email with all the ideas written down. And now this beautiful relationship that you just made and this beautiful connection that you just made with someone, now all of a sudden they get a pitch email coming in and they're like, this is really a great idea. Unfortunately, I don't have the bandwidth for it right now. Or let me have my assistant follow up with you in third quarter. And it's like such a... So write the ideas down and... It's just such a shame that so many brilliant 
ideas, opportunities, et cetera, have literally been lost in translation in the medium. And the email that I bet you you're going to send is probably going to... Because you're like trained in selling with service. So I'm guessing that the email you're going to send is something like, Hey, Cynthia, hope you're great. Looking forward to the podcast, you know, getting promoted, you know, up or whatever. I had an idea while I was listening to it. Jump on my calendar. No urgency. Talk to you soon. And that's it. That's literally it. That's literally it. We overcomplicate so much that I just gave your audience like a full script. Like that's, there you go. Short and sweet. Hashtag no brainer. We don't have time to overcomplicate things. I mean, the fact that we've even made it this far in the day and that we've got other things and there's, you know, I mean, squirrel. <laughs> well, and you know, as an ADHD, I'm notorious for overcomplicating things. And I keep having to like say simplifies. I had one this morning. I was like, I'm going to run a group program and I'm going to this and I'm going to that. And I'm like, WWLD, what would Liz do? Liz would be like, <laughs> Shut up. No, you're not. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't like, do fine, it. Fine. Fine. <laughs> well, it's funny because about the systems. I'm a shortcut kind of a person, but I've always self-identified as a systems person because like it sounds way fancier. So of course, nobody, nobody wants a shortcut, but they all want like a system for it. No one's going to pay for a shortcut, but they'll pay for a system. So I, I've always identified as a systems person until it was like totally pointed out to me, like, you know, this is actually a shortcut. And I was like, ah, well, it works. My reason in saying this is that when it comes to sales school and when it comes to your business, which is what I teach you how to build. Everything that I teach and that I give in sales school, those are all systems that I created shortcuts for myself to protect myself from myself. I was just going to say from you. <laughs> from me. And because from me. I over-deliver. I give it all away. I undercharge notoriously. I um, What else do I do? Oh, squirrel, sticky notes all over the place. And then I forget where I wrote the thing down. So then I'll start another. No, this is where over the years of working with hundreds of solo entrepreneurs and small business owners of now being able to, in a very iterative way, start to create a business in a box that of things that I know work for me and the slow iterative process has been really studying and identifying how other people are using the tools that I created for me. How do we now enhance them for multi-user ability, etc. It all comes down to really simple, straightforward steps. Each phase is clearly defined for both you as the business owner for the other individual as the client, prospective client, et cetera. Everyone knows what the next step is. There's documentation. There's a thing to do. There's a form to fill out. There's a place to click. There's a something. So that you're not reinventing the wheel of operations in your business every single day. If you want to get creative, get creative on how you can double down to help your client get better results faster. Don't get creative on how you're moving that wheel forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... So many great ideas are lost to the badge of busy, the false sense of production, which is really a rabid squirrel. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Absolutely. A little bit. And easy peasy to do when you're starting out. It's all bright, shiny objects. And I'm going to buy this program and that program. And one thing we haven't talked about yet is how, when I came into your program, you said, this is the last program you ever need to buy. And I thought, what? Are you crazy? Oh, I need to buy all the things. I need all the programs. And this past year has been about, huh, do I really use this? Do I need this? And the most recent example is, is I had purchased a online social media scheduler. And I said to Liz, I used it for five days with my Mm -hmm. virtual admin. The two of us could not figure it out. By the way, the service people were fabulous in the background, the customer service, they were trying so hard to make it work for us, but it just doesn't fit. And instead of doing my usual, I'm going to make this work because I spent money on it. I went back and said, Hey, I hate to say this, but I'm really early in on this and it's not working for me. Can I get a refund? Mm Mm-hmm. And they said, yes, Mm -hmm. I never would have done that before being in sales school. I would have said, oh, that was my mistake. I'm going to just bite the bullet and deal with it. Yep. But why? And I'm not saying like we should return everything. This was really, truly a situation in which, and I had said as much, I said, I just don't return stuff. It's not how I roll, but this is not working. And we, what we spent five days down the rabbit hole. That's it. Five and out. Mm -hmm. That's like the new me. (laughs) <laughs> Why would you say that you were thinking to do that now versus before sales school? Because of exactly what you said, this is the last program you'll ever need. Yeah. Meaning then I started to look at every single program I'm going to purchase and say, is this something I really need? Is it really yeah. working for me? Is it, and a lot, I've let go of a lot of subscriptions. So I'm not only making more money, I'm saving money by not spending money on things I don't need. One of the first wins that I remember we had was trimming your operational expenses because the business I ran before what's now sales school was a web design and marketing agency. So I'm a geek, like super nerd on the inside. And I want to look at the operations and the systems and the things and the what's where does the neck bone connect to the leg bone and all of those sort of things. And I know how complex it can be which is why I now teach a low-tech, high-touch business. So one of the first things I I wanted to do was look at what are all the things that you've invested in over the years that have collected the $5 a month and the $10 a month and then the annual renewal that we don't think about until eh, just annual renewed again, those sort of things. And it had a comma in it, annualized. Right. When we did your your first cost analysis on that. And... uh, It's not that it's the last program they'll ever buy ever. It's really that it's the last program they need to pay for out of pocket. Right. Everything else after sales school, your business should be paying you for. And I love that you're saying this because this is total case in point. You're now able to to run it through the analysis of, is my business going to pay for this? Or when will 
my business be able to pay for this? As long as I can empower you to be an educated consumer, I'm good. Well, and you know, we haven't talked about it at all as your background in retail. I mean, yeah. talk about someone who's aware of consumers and how they work, which is not really where I want to go next, Squirrel. Where I yeah. really want to go next is on the eight languages of money. Oh, yeah. Is that something you're fabulous at? And yes. of course, I don't remember what my eight languages are or which of my languages are the top ones. You might, yep. I don't remember. I've definitely got them in, in my system, in my spreadsheet. And, that and I'm also, not going to make you go look them up. <laughs> no, what I did with it is um, with, with the assessment tools that I use, I did create a system where we input everyone's data and then it gives us an average uh, so that we're able to know, talking about that ideal client before, it's quantified. We remove the clients that were like, that doesn't fit who we're working towards anymore. So we have actualized data, but nice. we quantify our, our um, ideal client profile. But the eight languages of money is, it is someone else's work, someone else's assessment system that I'm certified in. And I've rebranded as the eight languages of money. So that is my brand on it but it's an assessment tool. And the purpose of it is to help you understand what is your relationship with money and how are you making financial decisions? Because the number one mistake that we all make in sales conversations, I think just period across the board, but definitely in business and sales conversations, is that we make financial decisions for other people from our own financial positioning and experience. And this looks as simple as they could totally afford that, and it looks as simple as there's no way that they could afford that. And then the result of that is doing a premature discount, which is unnecessary. So the money languages is a tool that I came across in my years where I knew somewhere people looked at money differently than me. I know my own relationship with it is special, weird, and like, you know, not a good saver, really not a good saver, all these other things. And I just thought I was like, ah, that, that part of me is broken. And, and I created some shame stories around it. And I over-deliver and I undercharge. Then I ran myself through this program and I was able to see like, I would not judge myself. I don't judge myself for being right-handed. Why am I judging myself for having these qualities? I don't judge myself for having ADHD. Why would I judge myself for having these different qualities? Let me understand what they are, make peace with them, Find out where they serve me best, understand where they have big potential to trip me up, and then let me build systems to support myself from myself, period. And one of the ways that we really use this in sales school is because I need to be able to identify what is your relationship with money? How is that going to show up in business in terms of pricing, in terms of who you think you can go after for a client? how you can serve them and how you're going to be navigating the sales conversation. If you tell me your money languages, it's a free assessment. Eightlanguagesofmoney.com should still be the site to go to when, when this is... I'm doing big system enhancements, but um, should still take you right there. Free assessment to, to take if you're curious. But um, I could coach you for an hour and listen to different things and ask you a ton of questions. Or I could say, what are your top three money languages? What's the order and intensity of them? So what are the top three and the, the score that goes along with it? And then I'm like, oh, here we go. Stop that. Say more of that. Don't do that. Boom. Next. I'm all about you know consolidating the time so that we can collapse the timeline to get you better results faster. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
So as we went on this magical journey called sales school, did our money assessment, et cetera, you then opened up something called Dash. And I'm 90% sure I was in the first iteration of Dash. Yes. Right? Or was I in the second? Um, Can't remember. It doesn't really matter. I can't remember, but it's um, developing action. Love me some acronyms. Developing actionable sales habits. And that's it's what comes first is the conversation creation challenge. R, and that's free, by the way. 100% 100% free. Do the outreach. Have the conversation. See if you even like talking to people. A lot of people find out, I don't want to talk to people. How do I just sell a PDF online? I'm like, cool. I'm not the place for you for that. And I'm glad you found that out now for free rather than investing any money into something where you're like, oh God, she really wants us to talk to people. Yeah, I do. That's how you're going to make the money. So conversation creation challenge, free. Do that. If it resonates with you, you're going to love the rest of it. And the rest of it is a continuation of how do we continue to have conversations with people with more intention, clearer expectations, getting paid to do market research along the way. So Dash is kind of level one, the entry point of sales school from a programming perspective, which is now that you've done the outreach conversation creation challenge style, we got to keep it going. And it's a pain to keep going because. ADHDers don't like to do the same thing twice. Shortcut people don't like to do the same thing twice. Nine out of 10 entrepreneurs don't like to do the same thing twice. So now that's the biggest thing is how do we get you to continue to build that muscle 15 minutes a day, is it, while we're simultaneously building the other skills so that by the time that 90-day, 12-week program is over, you've built a foundation for your business and you know how to put people into that funnel without doing anything weird. I think one of the biggest struggles for entrepreneurs around that whole, we want to get creative, we want to create new things, bright, shiny, it's boring to do the same repetitive things. Yep. So sort of that's, that's like the myth. And the reality is, is when you set things up in your business and they're systematized and they take this sort of crappy admin stuff you have to do off your plate because they're systematized, like using a calendar. I'm going to talk about that in one sec. Mm -hmm. You no longer have to spend your time and energy there. You can now put your time and energy into creative, juicy stuff, like making magical experiences for your clients. So that's where you want to harness that amazing, creative, new energy is there. Correct. Doing great things for your clients. Yes. I look at. Calendar is one of the first places you can automate and systemize, systematize your business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have Calendly. And I had that even before I came in, but I, I'm using it in a whole different way yes. since I'm in sales school. And right. I'm going to hold that thought. So today, I needed to reach out to somebody. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to do 16 emails back and forth. And I'm like, wait a minute. I bet you 10 bucks he has a calendar link. Because I know what kind of guy he is. And we yep. need to talk about something. And you know what's happened? I go on his calendar for three o'clock this afternoon. And he's written, you know, an automated thing came out, you know, looking forward to speaking with you. And then yep. he actually wrote me an email. He's like, yeah, I really want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, ding, 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 ding. I know you do. Because Yay. he had said some things that I was like, ooh, that sounds like something where he's having a challenge and I can help him in like five minutes flat. Yep. And he may or may not become a client. He may or may not become a referral partner, but that's not the point. The point is, we have a great relationship and who knows where business will take us down the road. 
that's a whole other, I mean, that's a whole Ted talk right there. Is right. The, I mean, that's really the precipice of everything is that when you go into anything, when you go into dating, when you go into business, when you go into walking into your child's room with any sense of expectation, disappointment is literally a result of having an expectation. Right. So how do you protect yourself from disappointment? You don't have any expectations. The only expectation I have is that I'm going to show up fully as myself and I'm going to be of service. And if they want to continue to play with me, that's on me to continue to show them how we can play together next. Right. Other than that, I'm going to show up in service. They might have a better idea than I would have had. I might've thought I'd love to work with them as a client. And they're like, let me have this bigger conversation. And you're like, Oh, I did not see that coming, but I like where you're going with that. When we're attached to any sort of expectation, it's so limiting. So I love that you're just getting on the phone. You've built a relationship. There's no like and trust. And now you're just like, something came up. I think we need to talk to each other. Like we've said that now with two different people in the same conversation. That is business. That's it. And having the calendar link, I was teaching this pre-COVID Calendly. And obviously Calendly is around and we're familiar with, with calendar links. Pre-COVID, I would say that I definitely had to teach around the idea of using a calendar link. It felt a little salesy. Totally understand that. I think now in this post-COVID world, we're like, oh my God, thank God it's so much easier. Right. That's not the consumer, again, the retail brain, right? It's, it always goes back to what's the consumer buying pattern and what's the consumer operating pattern. The consumer pattern has changed. So we as business owners need to bend and flex with that. But it just is easier. It's not salesy or weird. It's like simple. Have the calendar link. I, I Make love it. Really it. Easier. Mm-hmm. And there's another person I need to get in touch with. And I've been emailing, emailing, emailing because they have no calendar link. And I, I looked again today just to see if maybe they put one up so yep. that I could just get on that person's calendar and doesn't exist. And guess what's going to happen? Later today, I'm picking up the phone and I I'm going to call because I really got to get in touch with this person and make sure they're, you know, are they okay? Is everything, they haven't been coming to meetings. You but know, imagine if that was somebody that you wanted to do business with. And you're like trying to give them money and you can't get in touch with them. We make it too hard. Right. It doesn't have to be a full funnel or a full, it doesn't have to be anything complex and you don't have to be hidden either. Like I think for any entrepreneur listening to this, I think honestly for anyone who has a LinkedIn presence as well, because I know you have people who you, some of your audience are professionals, not just entrepreneurs. I think if we're going to put ourselves on social in a professional manner, contact information needs to go along with that. If you're going to be on Twitter to talk about whatever, or Facebook or something from a more... No, you don't have to do that. Of course, you might want to have anonymity there. But from a professional context, make it easy for people to get in touch with you. Hashtag stop being weird. Like, (laughs) stop being weird about it. How are you going to be in business? And I literally tried to reach out to somebody here locally as the president of NABO and as someone who needed her services. And there was no way to get in touch with her. Finally, I tracked down some sort of way that I I could try. And she did book on my calendar. And then she canceled because it was just like a whole weird thing. And I had to write back, just like you had to write back to that other person. I was like, I mean this with all the love in the world, just like I would stop you if you had spinach in your teeth and I saw you on the street. How are you going to be in business when I'm literally trying to give you money and you're not open to receiving it. Right. Wow. Money language. Uh, so, um, anywho, 
<laughs> yeah, I have all that. And one of the things I set up that I love, and I didn't invent this or anything else, I just found the tool and use it is Linktree. Yes. Linktree is incredible. And I know I'm doing, I have a program that's out there. And I thought, why am I making it so hard to find the link for this program? Just shove it in Linktree, done. Yep. It's so easy. So there's so many tools. And I think Linktree is free. There's the free and then there's the paid that takes off some of the branding, gives you a couple more like designer options and stuff like that. Yeah, I can't but, remember which I use, but it, if it was, if it was the paid version, I don't remember, it would have been very nominal. But this price. is where a few things come up for me on the on the systems and on the, on the, the, the calendar and the money stuff, right? Because they're all kind of inter, intertwined here. So when I say low tech, high touch business, what I mean is not no tech. I wish It'd be so simple, but like we're zooming right now. There's technology is period. So it can't be no tech, but it doesn't have to be funnels and extraordinarily complicated things. Tech is involved, but you don't need to have a lot of it. And it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. One of the things that I know we're underutilizing significantly the tech that we do have. Mm. And that's where I geek out. I've got other sales school people who are starting to come onto the sales school teacher squad that geek out in this lane as well. Because when I say low tech, let's look at the systems you have, identify where there are redundancies, and then streamline where we can so that you're if you're already using this, maybe the paid version is the best thing to do because it's going to give you this, that, and the third. And then you can get rid of these three other things that you were paying for that kind of did something similar. It always comes down to the customer journey, the customer experience, lowering the bar of resistance to the next action step we want, we want them to take, which is always getting closer to a conversation with us and making it easier for everyone's time. How do we do it in the least amount of steps? How do we do it in the most effective time way possible? Period. That's it. And when you identify what type of business you want to have, which is what I where we what we do in sales school, and you know the math around the business, then you can start to reverse engineer the kind of client experience you want your client to have. Again, where I geek out because of my retail experience. Then we can start to look at and reverse engineer one step before that. What type of technology exists or are you currently using that now we can build a done is better than perfect structure to get you to what I call the entrepreneurial minimum wage of 120000 And as your business makes sense, we can maybe upgrade, streamline, whatever needs to get done, do system enhancements. As the business results justify the need for the change. Right. Period. That's it. I'm going to drop my pen on that one because I don't have a mic. Drop the mic. I'm going to drop so the mic. Drop mics. They, you they, got a big mic. So we don't want to pick it up and drop your mic. So I'll no, drop my that pen. That would not be a good plan. No, 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 no. So, January, we all are thinking about habits and things yes. we want to do. We've talked about quite a few of them. We've kind of just interwoven them throughout this conversation about sales habits and money habits and systems habits. And what I'd love now is for you to give us, and you've already given us a whole bunch, but is there another productivity pointer that's your favorite, say, strategy around making sales easy and productive? Oh, I think the easiest, you have to ground it in math. 
it's so unsexy, but you really have to ground it in math because otherwise you will squirrel real hard. You'll get an idea. You'll see someone doing something and you'll want to replicate that. And that's not wrong. That's how we learn. But when you're not grounded in math, you really have no basis to measure any of your results by. And then if it doesn't turn into a client in whatever reasonable time frame you give that, which is always too short, you will then say it does not work. And then you will squirrel onto something else. Whereas if you root your business in math, which means here's the numbers you need to know. What's your annual revenue goal? I tell you what it is in sales school. It's 120,000, the entrepreneurial minimum wage. I don't ask, I tell. It's 120,000. Now, knowing that it's a boutique business, you're going to be working with a handful of clients. I even reverse engineer that math for you even more that the goal is to work with a client for $5,000. And at that math, that's closing two clients a month. That's it. So now that you know your sales goal, now you can start to reverse engineer the actions that you have to do. It doesn't feed the frenetic energy that we're so used to operating in. Your eyes just went, woo, (laughs) on that one. Unfortunately, it doesn't feed our frenetic, our need for frenetic energy and chaos. It's the antithesis of that. When you have the structure in place, though, and you have someone else operating it, or you have someone else holding you accountable to it, go squirrel till your heart is content. And then make sure that you're doing what has to get done. So then you can spend the rest of your time doing what it is that you want to do. But do not put that frenetic, chaotic energy on the simple system and structure of the business in a box. That's all that you have to do to be productive. That's the number one thing. Did you do the math today? If you did the math today, go color on the sidewalk if you want. I don't care. What Blow bubbles. It doesn't bother me. But did you do the math today? And I think I would add the math isn't just about the dollars. The math is also around your time and your energy. Yes. Those are two other variables that go into it. And if we're not taking time to recharge our energy, we won't be able to make the bigger dollars. We've got to be able to work. I think this is your genius, really, is work super effectively and efficiently in our businesses so that we do have some freed up time. Mm-hmm. leverage and scale later create yeah. you know like i said right. create that group mastermind later i'm not doing that today that's not where right. my business is right now tempting though it is as much as i really want to do it it's wwld what would liz do liz yes. would say shut that down you're not there yet right i also know because you're my coach that when the time comes you're going to say yeah now it's time to do that thing yes so yes. that's really important i mean if you're coming into this and you're just starting out or whatever, you know, sign up for sales school, sign up for Dash, get someone who gets you and can help you with the model because otherwise you're looking at 16 different people doing 16 different things or and maybe this isn't the model for you. And right. you know, Liz will know because of your money languages. So that's fine. Then, you know, find your other model. But I think the key thing you said here, the most important thing in that whole little section there was figure out your plan and work your plan. That's it. And if you can't figure out your plan, I have one for you that really is, it's for a solo service provider. Right. That's if, if you are the person who's going to be having sales conversations directly with the person you're working with. So very B2C, not B2B. 
even though you could be working with another business, but it is the individual business owner that you're working with. Right. Invisible business model that we teach within sales school, that construct to get you to the 120, like I math it out for you. And you get paid to do the market research to figure out what your clients want from you. You only ever really need to create what they're willing to pay you for and what they need next that they want from you, period. And as long as you're doing that, you're golden. You'll never be out of business. You'll always be in business, working your genius with people you enjoy, getting paid well for it. And if at any point you're like, the point that I hit when sales school started, which was, I really do want to scale this. Like my heart, everything in my fiber, my brain says, keep it simple, Liz, and every fiber of my being says, let's do this. That's a whole other, a whole other business model. But I'm able to step into scale because I've done the simple first. Absolutely. I'm not saying don't scale. I'm just saying, wouldn't your business, wouldn't you, your, wouldn't you rather your business pay for it than you? Absolutely. That's all I'm trying. That's all I'm trying to do. Save you some, save you some money. Love it. How can people find you? Joinsaleschool.com. And as we're talking about the networking calendar links, I'll put mine out there. Callwithliz.com. I want to know who's, who's listening in Catherine's world. I want to be friends with you too. Would love it. I hope they will. So thanks so much for coming on. Super excited that we had so much fun talking about habits and sales and productivity here at the beginning of the new year. And I'm going to be seeing you in a little bit for sales school, our afternoon call. Thanks, Liz. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.